What's going on, everyone? And welcome back to the Nerdwide Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Haynes, with my good friend and co-host, Mr. Chris Rivers. Now, Chris, I know it's been a good week for you because you've been off for four days for the holidays. Now, how how's it really been? Uh, it's been pretty good. Yeah, I got... Not this next weekend, but the next will be another four-day break. So oh. we off, so we could go uh, check out Black Panther. I'm so excited, and uh, so that'll be a nice break. And then we got Thanksgiving coming up, and mm-hmm. then Christmas coming up, and then New Year's, and just so forth and yeah. so on. I can't wait. A lot of long, a lot of long weekends too. We had a uh, nice time last night as well. Mm. At uh, you and Jamie threw a Halloween party. Annual so. Halloween party. Yeah, the uh, the rest of the house get the rest of the guests did not leave till like 12 30 last night really and i was exhausted i mean you could probably t- i didn't sleep well last night either so i'm like running on like four or five hours of sleep but mm-hmm. it was a good time so you uh you want to show off the hair for the oh yeah i can <laughs> it's <laughs> definitely blue <laughs> a little bit tomorrow's gonna be fun at work so and and not because you're a Titans fan. No, no. Even though the game, the game's not even over yet, and they're winning though. So yeah, but Steelers lost. So you know, it's what it is at this point. Oh man, but yes, let's get it. We've got a lot to talk about. I'm really excited because we finally have our DC Kevin Feige, and we've been talking about that all year long. I feel like, if not two years long at this point. We got and some you know the new trailers. That's gonna be so much fun. The thing about it is. If you go back and look at when we first started talking about it, if they had just made that move then, yeah, it's saved a lot of time. Yeah. You know, it's not like we didn't call it or anything. So I'm, just, I'm expecting my paycheck for a consolation fee for finding oh. finder's fee kind of thing. We called half of it. That's, yeah, that's that's a good point. That's probably that we're like uh, you know, <laughs> can't pay them because we did two and not one. So. Yeah. Uh, quick housekeeping before we jump into the show. Don't forget to subscribe to either our YouTube or our podcasting service of your choice. If you enjoy the show, make sure you leave us a thumbs up on YouTube or give us a good rating on whatever podcasting app you use. If you, if you don't enjoy what you see or hear, make sure you leave us a comment. Let us know how we can improve the show and what you did not like. If you want to do more, you can always go to patreon.com slash nerdwide. Three different tiers for 30 different monetary values where you can do all sorts of different little goodies on each different tier. If you want to go that way, Chris... You don't watch any other TV this week? Um, only Harley Quinn and the first episode to this season's American Horror Story. What do you think so far? I like it. I'm probably going to have to watch. I think Jamie said it really picks up the second or third episode. Mm. Um, so I'll probably have to get that far in before it hooks me. But I like what they're doing to lay the foundation so far. Mm. I'm gonna trust y'all's opinion because you know I'm just gonna just gonna let that one there. I, as far as me, I I haven't watched anything. Like it's been still readjusting to working out of the office at the hospital and getting that schedule adjusted. But I mean, other than Harley Quinn, which I've really enjoyed watching it, nothing really else going on. None of you know movies. I'll watch some Halloween Towns, but that's nothing crazy. I will say I liked the second half of the first season of Harley Quinn better than the first. Which is crazy because we're both really high on Harley Quinn. 
So let's jump right into that one with our Harley Quinn season one. Of course, all spoilers all the time for this one as we watch it. Uh, this one we're going to, there, since there is so many trailers and things to watch and talk about, we're going to kind of just run through all of these episodes that we'll talk about at the end. But we're going to start with episode number seven, The Line. When the Queen of Fables is transferred from her U.S. Master Tax Guidebook prison to Arkham Asylum, Harley frees her so she can join her crew and help them steal a personal force field device from Star Labs. When the Queen slaughters an innocent family who witnessed them, however, the horrified crew kicks her out while they're not willing to sacrifice innocent lives. They then use the force field device to steal a weather controlling machine from Cord Industries to ransom Gotham, but the Queen shows up to steal it for herself. They are interrupted by Jason Praxis, a surviving member of the family with electrical powers who seeks revenge on the Queen for their murder. Harley uses the force field device to protect the Queen, subdue Praxis, and get her to leave. Killing Praxis on her way out, however, the Queen tells Harley that only villains willing to cross the line can succeed and she will regret letting her live. The crew later tries to program the weather machine but accidentally causes it to self-destruct. Meanwhile, Ivy starts dating Kite Man, but his idiocy leaves her embarrassed to be around him in public. Episode 8, L-O-D-R-S-V-P. After Harley's crew steals Adelini and Jules, they are invited to join the Legion of Doom, and Luther even allows Psycho to be reinstated. However, he secretly reveals to Ivy that he is not actually interested in Harley and will not let her join unless she joins as well. Ivy refuses and tries to warn Harley of Luther's treachery. Suddenly, Aquaman breaks into the Hall of Doom and beats up several villains while seeking revenge for Harley's theft. But she tricks him into breaking an aquarium and focuses on saving the fish. As thinks, the Legion inducts Harley as an official member. Harley accuses Ivy of lying to her and they angrily part ways. Meanwhile, Psycho and Borgman deal with mutant monsters in their lair's basement. When Psycho tries to kill it, Borgman stops from revealing the monster is his sister, Marielle, who was mutated because of his actions. Psycho uses his powers to let the siblings communicate and reconcile, but Marielle is released into the streets and goes on a rampage. The next day, Harley and her crew, minus Ivy, go to the Hall of Doom only to encounter the Joker. Episode 9, A Seat at the Table. Much to Harley's surprise, the Joker congratulates her on joining the Legion of Doom, treating her as an equal. Harley reconciles with Ivy and promises to help her attack an environmentally unfriendly company called Planetwide Papers. However, her crew retreated as lowly henchmen and Bane hires them to help get revenge on a clerk for always getting his name wrong, which is just great. Harley attends a dinner date with the Joker to try to persuade him to convince Luther to elevate her crew's status, but she has so much fun with him she forgets to tell him. While planning a bomb for Bane, King Shark ends up, King Shark ends up being hospitalized after the former lo loses patience and detonates the bomb early. When Batman pursues them, Joker kisses Harley before shoving her out of his helicopter to slow the Dark Knight down. While the crew and Ivy stand vigil over King Shark in the hospital, they see an out-of-context image of the Joker and Harley kissing on the news. When Harley arrives, they accuse her of taking advantage of them and cut ties with her. Later that night, Ivy tries to attack Plain White Papers by herself, but gets captured. Episode 10, Bensonhurst. Depressed over her crew abandoning her, Harley returns home to her parents and Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, but quickly becomes upset with her deadbeat father. Later that night, an assassin attacks them and kills Harley's grandmother before she defeats her. Her father claims he owes a loan truck money, so Harley beats him and his goons to force him to leave her father alone. Meanwhile, Ivy finds herself trapped in a laboratory, but manages to use a dandelion to tell her sentient plant Frank to get Harley's help before learning that the hurt the scarecrow is her captor. Another assassin attacks and kills Harley's grandfather before she defeats her. Suddenly, her parents attack her, explaining that someone put a bounty on her and they want revenge because her reputation as a supervillain turned them into neighborhood pariahs. An enraged Harley uh, defeats them before sparing and disowning them. Just as Harley collapses from her injuries, Frank finds her and tells her Ivy is in trouble. 
Elsewhere, Bane discovers that Joshua Cobblepot put the bounty on Harley as revenge for ruining his bar mitzvah and berates him for using a traceable credit card before destroying it to cancel the bounty. A lot to take in there. <laughs> Episode 11, Harley Quinn Highway. Harley reunites her crew to apologize and request help in rescuing Ivy. They agree, but only for Ivy's sake. Meanwhile, the Scarecrow harvests Ivy's pheromones so he can use them to destroy Gotham before poisoning her with his fear toxin. Sending her into a panic, uh, while Borgman protects their bodies, Psycho brings the crew into Ivy's head, where Frank informs them that the only way to save Ivy is to destroy the thing she fears the most, which appears in the form of the Grim Reaper. Harley defeats the Reaper but sees her face under the hood before she and the crew wake up. The Scarecrow tries to escape on the Harley Quinn Highway, but Borgman transforms into a car so the crew can give chase. Amidst said chase, Ivy tells Harley her fear is being abandoned by someone she trusted and that she resents for her being with the Joker instead of helping her. Harley attempts to make amends by stopping the Scarecrow, but he succeeds in poisoning the Gotham Reservoir and affecting the city's water supply with Ivy's pheromones, turning most of the Gotham's trees into violent monsters. So these last three episodes, you have to, I had to watch like back to back to back just because I left on those big cliffhangers and I would have been mad if I was watching it live um, as they were. Absolutely. Episode 12, Devil's Snare. The Scarecrow starts crop-dusting fury toxin around Gotham's perimeter to force thousands of villains towards the park with the murderous trees. As Batman tracks them down, the Justice League arrives to stop the trees. They assume Harley's crew is behind the attacks and attempts to send them into the Phantom Zone, but Ivy uses Wonder Woman's lasso of truth to prove them wrong. Suddenly, the Queen of Fables traps the League in her fairy tale book before using a beanstalk to send Harley and her crew to be attacked by a giant cyclops. With Kite Man's help, they are able to return to the ground safely. Just then, the Joker uses a large tower to destroy the Hall of Doom as he enacts his plans to take over the Gotham and orders the Queen to kill Harley and her team. Ivy uses the contaminated water to enlarge herself and fight the trees while Harley defeats the Queen, decapitating her in the process. Just as Harley makes amends with Ivy, the Joker kills the latter. Episode 13, The Final Joke. Harley's crew, Frank and Kite Man, hold an impromptu funeral for Ivy before joining forces with Batman to avenge her. However, Clayface inadvertently ruins the plans and gets the crew to, and Batman captured while Harley is forced into hiding. His takeover largely complete, the Joker spends the next week subjugating Gotham and torturing Batman and the crew only to get bored. Hoping to help the Scarecrow unmask Batman, but Joker kills the former for ruining the mystery. I mean, this, this episode was full of unexpected deaths we weren't expecting. Um, meanwhile, Harley revisits Ivy's grave where Frank and Kite Man tell her the crew is going to be publicly executed, so she surrenders herself to, in exchange for their lives. Once her crew is saved, Harley tries to kill the Joker, but he overpowers her. Instead of killing her, he decides to drop her at acid that will render her normal. At the last minute, a resurrected Ivy saves Harley and drops the Joker in the acid, though not before he destroys his tower and sets off an earthquake, destroying Gotham. Batman saves Harley and Ivy before disappearing into the debris. Reunited, the crew reflect on everything that's happened amidst Gotham's ruin, while a normal Joker emerges from the rubble. I mean, there's a lot to take in here for this end of the season, and I'm, I'm with you right there. I really enjoyed the last half of the season, even more than the first half. And that's saying a lot because, again, we enjoyed the first half of the season a lot. Um, but trapping the... The Justice League and the Phantoms, not the Phantom, and the book and the um, Grimoire and the Tales book is, is funny. We've got a normal Joker. Uh, Gotham is no more. I mean, it's just rubble and a fiery mess as we leave this. And I guess a Poison Ivy can't die. So that's new. <laughs> and also, despite Gotham being rubble, 
uh, Jim Gordon's marriage is good now. So yeah, they're, they're better. So I mean, that's that's the more important thing here. Yeah. Uh, uh, I thought it was funny with Joker seeing Batman and him talking about well, talk, seeing Bruce Wayne as Batman. He said, "I invested in the electric cars that Bruce went that that Brian Wayne Tech was supposed to release this year. Where is my electric car, Bruce? <laughs> That's just so stupid because I invested in it and it's not here." And how he threw a fit when Scarecrow unmasked. Mm-hmm. He says, "The whole point of Mister, I don't care who he is," yeah. and kills him. I'm like, "Well, there goes Rahul Coley for the show." So I appreciate your but, episodes. Uh, <laughs> I liked how they let. The uh, the city council or whoever of Gotham let Harley Quinn design Harley mm-hmm. Quinn Highway, right? And it got sections missing. You got to jump. Over <laughs> it's the- like Hot Wheels track, yeah. and yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. What a, what a fun time that had to be. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but yeah, it was it was good. It was. Uh, it, it's still. I'll catch myself now. I'm so used to hearing her voice, Harley Quinn, as normal that when she goes into that accent that mm-hmm. we're used to harley quinn having it it's kind of jarring yeah i don't know i don't know why she drops in and out of it like she does mm. it's but i don't they they've got to be directing her to do that but i don't know what the reason is maybe that's when she's psychotic she speaks that way maybe. in a sense like when her different personalities i guess but i don't i'm not sure um another thing i really liked was kite man and ivy's relationship Mm-hmm. and Harley Quinn finding that out as they're doing all this and fighting is just really funny to me too. She's like, yeah, how, how, do you, how do you know his number memorized? Well, did he call you babe? It's just some of the funny stuff like that. Well, and, and they teased early in the season putting Harley and Ivy together. Mm-hmm. You know, and they still kind of have been teasing that with the jealousy and, right. and all that. And it, But I don't know, Kite Man... <laughs> He's different. Yeah, he's yeah. he's one of my favorite characters, though. <laughs> yeah, he uh, the whole reservation scene. Mm-hmm. You know, and Riddler walks in and gets a table right away, and Kite Man just he's like, "What's the point of making a reservation if I have to wait forty minutes?" Right, which is a very valid point. I mean, what's the yeah. point? <laughs> I mean, you know, doesn't make any sense. But I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward when we get a shot to do so to checking out season two. Mm-hmm. Um. But it might be a little bit. I think it's going to be until, what, maybe January, February? Because we'll have Titans for November. And then... Um, Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol in December. So, I mean, like, I think I even think those are going to overlap at some point. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm like, well... Yeah. <laughs> we'll come back to you eventually, Harley Quinn. <laughs> yeah. Just hopefully but we not too will long. come back to yeah. it because, you know, we've got two more seasons to watch. So. Yes. And I can't wait. And... You know, speaking of seasons, Chris, we've had a lot of news, a lot of good DC news this week. You know, we had that big um, DC movie drops and series and things like last week we talked about. But this week I got something new for you. HBO Max's Green Lantern series is still in development, but it's now going to be focused on Jon Stewart. I'm going to HollywoodReporter.com by Leslie Goldberg. Of The Daily Show? Of The Daily Show. 
Uh, HBO Max says long gestating Green Lantern TV series is changing gears. The drama, which has been in the works since late 2019, will now focus on Jon Stewart, one of DC's first black superheroes. The series from executive producer Greg Berlanti was to originally have involved around Guy Gardner and Alan Scott and had already cast Finn Wittrock uh, and Jeremy Irvine as the respective Green Lanterns. I didn't even know that. As part of the creative overhaul, writer and showrunner Seth Graham Smith has departed the series after completing scripts for a full season of eight episodes. Sources say Graham Smith, who signed on as writer and showrunner a year after Green Lantern was announced, chose to leave the project after weathering a number of regime changes at HBO Max, its parent company, Warner Brothers Discovery Producers, Warner Brothers Television, and now DC Comics. So, yep. I'm like, well, I mean... Here's, here, here's what I don't get, right? We kind of touched on this last episode. Um, you've got this regime change coming. Mm-hmm. And they keep pushing forward. Just cancel the projects. Right. And say, we're going to let these guys put their stamp on it. Mm-hmm. And relaunch it. Because it's, why would I invest myself in this? Because they they still don't know. I don't even think they knew. Because I mean, this news came out before the the new duo has taken over yeah, but, DC. But, but they knew that there was going to be someone right. In so I mean, put a pause on everything, and you know, put a pause on all your accounts. Don't spend any more money. Don't do any more project work, and just no. say until we get the final green light this is what's going to happen. But so they they've already paid all parties involved. Yep. Uh, to do the original vision for Greenliner. And I'm sure Finn Whitrock got some money because he had to clear his schedule to right. be involved in it. Um, now you're flushing that money down the toilet to, and paying new people to do this, mm-hmm. but yet it was too much of a gamble to release Batgirl. That's already that done. Already <laughs> that still could make you money. I'm, I'm, I wonder if James Gunn Oh, I don't want to spoil it. No future spoilers. No future spoilers. Um, but I'm wondering if the new duo is going to see that's going to be like the first thing. Like, uh, no, we're releasing Batgirl. It's even if it gets on just on HBO Max, there's you some money that way. So and you can get that hype back into it. And they're like, okay, as our first act, we're releasing this. This is done. Why are we just holding on to it? And that would get them all a goodwill. I don't remember what it cost. I want to say it was something like forty some million. Right. I think. So right now you're taking a loss of forty some dollars, as opposed to releasing it where maybe you make half that back. Yeah, at least you, you make some sort of gain. <laughs> right, right. You minimize those losses. It just doesn't make sense. I don't know. Yeah, I, blows my mind I though. Think, I think we're gonna have more news in the coming weeks and months of project cancellations because they don't fit with what the new folks want to do. Mm-hmm. So a lot of this is just, we'll see. I'm, I'm curious. We'll see what the, how they work with it all. Yeah. Um, speaking of DC, I'm going to do this story. So the next one, Henry Cavill is out for the Witcher and I am going to tvline.com. And this is by Ryan Schwartz and Nick Caruso. This dropped yesterday, right before the party and still don't know how I feel about it. Netflix on Saturday announced that the fantasy drama has been renewed for a season four, at which point series star Henry Cavill will depart the role of Geralt of Rivia and hand his swords over to Hunger Games veteran Liam Hensworth. Uh, Henry Cavill went to Instagram to post on his Instagram. 
Quote, my journey as Geralt of Rivia has been filled with both monsters and adventures, and alas, I'll be laying down my medallion and my swords for season four. In my stead, the fantastic Mr. Liam Hemsworth will be taking up the mantle of the White Wolf. As with the greatest of literary characters, I pass the torch with reverence for the time spent embodying Geralt and the enthusiasm to see Liam's take on the most fascinating and nuanced of men. Liam, good sir, this character has such a wonderful death to him. Enjoy diving in and see what you can find. Uh... Liam Hemsworth went on to say in the post, As a Witcher fan, I'm over the moon about the opportunity to play Geralt of Rivia. Henry Cavill has been an incredible Geralt, and I'm honored that he's handing me the reins and allowing me to take up the White Wolf's blades for the next chapter of his adventure. Henry, I've been a fan of yours for years and was inspired by what you brought to this beloved character. I may have some big boots to fill, but I'm truly excited for stepping into the Witcher world. It's amazing as here we see an example of a peaceful transfer of power. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> but I don't like this. I mean, no. because Henry Cavill is a great character and everything. And I love the Witcher. He loves the Witcher. He's played the games. He's read the books. He stays, you know, true to the source material when he's playing in this role. And he's even, even been on record to make changes to the scenes because he's like, no, 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 that's not how the book is. And that's not what Garrett will do. He said, so let, we're going to change this around. And I don't know if you're going to have that with Liam Hemsworth. And, but people, the fourth season might be it, though, which would suck. But, I mean, yeah. your, your star is walking away. So, right. But there's good news. We'll put a pin in The Witcher and come yeah. back to it later. It's a double-sided coin. So it's we'll stay with Henry Cavill. All right. Our first trailer for the day is the Santa Claus's trailer which we'll be releasing on November 16th. We finally got it. One of my favorite Christmas movies is the Santa Claus series. And I, I can't wait for this. So we are going to transition around. Sorry, video watchers. We are changing things around real quick. Or audio listeners. It's loading. Loading. All right. Go live with it. There it is. Two little dots dancing on the screen. Yeah, it's going to pull up. I'm going to do this. So it's got me and you pictured. There we are. All right. And you can see the screen here. Yes. All right. Here we go. go. It was the night before Christmas. I like it already. Through the house, (laughs) not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. Come down, 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 down! Who are you? I'm Santa Claus. <laughs> it's different out there. All those kids turned into adults. They stopped believing and losing magic. So, for the good of Christmas, I'm retiring. Wow, I didn't even know you could do that. I think Same actor from the first three. Like, as normal people, uh-huh. I'm making a list of things I want to do, like meet a crossing guard. <laughs> wow. Dad! Sandra, they warned you this is what I look like here. It's it's Dad, me. <laughs> you know, I'll have a funnicino. Put cocoa in it instead of coffee. Put a little peppermint in there if you have that. Chop up some cookies and um, sprinkles. Name for the order? <laughs> Santa. Sir, my job is hard enough. Ho, ho, ho. For the first time, I'm going to spend Christmas with my family. New 
Santa is destroying Christmas spirit. When the last of the light goes out, it could be the end of Christmas. I retired too soon. I hired the wrong guy. I've got to go back to the North Pole. Elves are disappearing. Elves are disappearing? You should have led with that. <laughs> We're going. Christmas is in trouble. Let's go. Now we're getting somewhere. Oh, <sighs> love Saint Bernard. Yeah, so, it's a. Uh, it's the, probably the, I think it's the fourth time I watched that trailer. The first time I cry, I did tear up. So I am going <laughs> to admit that. Um, really excited for this. Uh, you know, Tim Allen's not the not the best political wise, but you know. Everyone's entitled to their opinion as long as you're not a racist asshole. So, right. And luckily, he's not. He's just uh, a certain fan of somebody. But I'm really excited about this. We see two kids, two new kids, which he did not have in the third movie. So, and I am excited. I'm all about it. Yeah. Uh, it looks like it's going to be good. Um, Elizabeth Mitchell there as. Mrs. Claus mm -hmm. um, still looks great. Yeah, yeah. So I'm curious how the whole thing's going to play out as far as the wrong Santa, and is it the wrong Santa because he just doesn't know what he's doing, or is it did he have nefarious mm -hmm. uh, plans from the get go? Well, they didn't even show who the new Santa is either. No. But um, that one actor that was in it, like two scenes, I think he's going to be the new Santa Claus. It's probably going to be Kanye West. Oh God, he's he's going to lose it all. Yeah, <laughs> he's already started losing. It yeah, all, he's so. yeah he's already gone down the wrong track there. So that was the Santa Claus's trailer. Our last news story for TV is. We're getting a new MCU show. I'm going to Deadline.com by Nelly Andreva. Also, this was a big uh, Saturday for all this news that happened. Mm -hmm. uh, a second WandaVision spinoff series focusing on Paul Bettany's vision is officially in the works at Marvel Studios. Sources tell Deadline. Titled Vision Quest, the potential series, which is opening a writer's room next week, will be about the vision trying to regain his memory and humanity. While the focus is on Vision, word is there's a possibility for Wanda Maximoff to appear, which would make sense given how interconnected the two characters' stories are in the MCU. Like with the other WandaVision spinoff, the green-lighted series Agatha House of Harkness, headlined by Katherine Hahn, Vision Quest is overseen by WandaVision creator, writer, and executive producer Jack Schaefer. I hear. Uh, rest for Marvel Studios and Bettany declined to comment. What are your thoughts on that? I like it. I'm wondering... Trying to regain his humanity. Is that is that going to place this after WandaVision? Yeah, I think it's probably going to be a so, direct sequel so to that. The White Vision. Mm hmm Trying to, and then so we'll get to see him. Because we know he's got his hand. memories. He just doesn't have, I guess, that yeah. emotion about to it. So we'll, I'm curious. And is it going to be between WandaVision and Multiverse of Madness? Or is it going to be after everything in the timeline? But... They're still not even in the writer's room yet, so we they don't even know at this point. Yeah. So. Well, it would have to be after Multiverse of Madness, right? Because she didn't have vision well, in her life at that point. True. And she's, quote-unquote, dead at this point. So. I wonder if that's how we find out she's alive. She comes back 
Yeah, at the end. Maybe she, she senses vision. Mm. It gets brought back yeah. to life. Yeah. She, she just can't die at this point. Releases this week. We're heading into November. Thursday, November 3rd, Blockbuster launches on Netflix. Thursday, November 3rd, the new season of Dragon Prince drops on Netflix. Thursday, November 3rd, Titans Season 4 on HBO Max. And Friday, November 4th, the new season of Young Rock premieres on NBC. And ladies and gentlemen, that is it for your TV news this week. So let me say this. I am looking forward to Blockbuster on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Because I used to me too. So I'm curious to see how much of what they put on screen is what the types of things I remember. So what you're telling um, me is we need to add it to our list to watch. I mean, if, if you want to. Okay, well, I'm at, I am adding it right this second. We can do that. Uh, Blockbuster, Netflix. We can for sure do that. Because one of the things about working in a video store was not so much the other employees, it was some of the customers that came in. Mm. The characters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, believe me. It's <laughs> Some some for the better and some not so much. Right. Also, we'll have some fun uh, stories after we watch that then, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, did you watch anything else? Oh. Week? You mentioned some Halloween. We watched um, Halloween Town 1 and 2 yesterday before the party with Stella. Yeah. And they still hold up. A little little Disney movie treat. Uh, um, cringy. But, you know, that's... Part of the magic, if you will. No pun intended there. Yeah. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch any other movies. This has been a horrible October. <laughs> I, I hadn't watched Trick or Treat yet either, and it's one of those. I've got a lot of stuff I wanted to get to, and with overtime, and it's not been a good month in terms of work-life balance. Right. So I... I feel exactly the same way, unfortunately. Um, so. Now, if, if they do the same thing to me in December, well, I might have to, you know, see what's yeah. out there. Yeah. You don't mess with our months, you know. No, no, <laughs> not at all. Uh, but what we watched this week, the movie we both did watch, was the 2022 Scream. And let's do let's do full spoilers for this one. Okay, it's been out for a minute. Yeah, it came out in like February, I think, of this year. Yeah. So, um, so first, I want to run down the plot, and I'll use what's on Wikipedia because I don't want to leave some stuff out, and mm. I know if I try and go by memory, I will. <laughs> uh, Twenty-five years after Billy Loomis and Stu Mocker's killing spree in Woodsboro, high school student Tara Carpenter is home alone when she's attacked by Ghostface and left hospitalized. In Modesto, Tara's estranged older sister, Sam Carpenter, is informed by Wes Hicks, one of Tara's friends, about the attack. Sam returns to Woodsboro with her boyfriend, Richie Kirsch, to visit Tara at the hospital, where Sam's reunited with Tara's friend group, Wes, Amber Freeman, and twins, Chad and Mindy Meeks Martin. That night, Chad's girlfriend, Liv McKenzie's ex-boyfriend, Vince Schneider, who is Stu Mocker's nephew, is killed by Ghostface. At the hospital, Sam's attacked by Ghostface. After escaping, she tells Tara that she's been dealing with hallucinations of Billy Loomis, who Sam learned as a teenager was her biological father. 
Sam's true parentage resulted in their parents' separation, and this is why Sam became estranged from Tara. Quick point here. If you take Sam and give her her biological father's last name of Loomis, you have the name of Donald Pleasance's character from the Halloween movies. Isn't it great? Yeah. There's a lot of little, like, homages and stuff like that. Yeah, there is. Uh, Sam and Richie visit Dewey Riley. Dewey's back who is divorced from Gail Weathers. They ask for his help in stopping the killer, and he contacts Gail and Sidney Prescott, warning them about the return of Ghostface. Um, it's funny, he texts he texts Gail, and she gets mad at him later. Mm-hmm. How could you send me that in a text? <laughs> um, Dewey joins them at Mindy and Chad's home and is reunited with the twins' mother, Mara, Randy Meeks' sister. With the three attacks being on people related in some capacity to the original killers, Mindy deduces the killer is following the rules the rules of a requel, a continuation of a narrative that derives heavily from the plot of the original while using Tara and her friends as the new generation and using Sam's connection to Billy Loomis as a way to weave the legacy characters. Ghostface then murders Wes and his mother, Sheriff Judy Hicks, at their home. There, Dewey reunites with Gail, who has arrived in town to cover the story, at the hospital, Tara and Richie are attacked by Ghostface, but are saved by Dewey and Sam. Dewey is killed when he attempts to finish off Ghostface. That was a that was a heartbreaker. Yeah, and brutally done. Mm-hmm. I uh, mean, it was great. Even the Ghostface said, "It's been an honor to kill you." And I was yeah. like, "Oh, yes, it. I'm sure it is." <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he didn't feel any better about it though. Right. Um, Sydney arrives in town after learning of Dewey's death and meets both Gail and Sam at the hospital. Sydney asks Sam to help stop the killer, but Sam declines, choosing to leave town with Richie and Tara. Sydney and Gail follow the trio to Amber's, which is revealed to be Stu's former home where the original Woodsboro massacre took place. While a party's in progress to honor Wes's memory, Chad and Mindy are both attacked by Ghostface. As the friend group convenes, Amber pulls out a gun and shoots Liv in the head, revealing herself as Ghostface. Sydney and Gail arrive, and Richie's revealed as Tara's attacker and Amber's accomplice. He stabs Sam, and he and Amber take Sam, Sydney, and Gail into the kitchen, where Sydney had first faced off against Billy and Stu. Richie and Amber reveal they're fans of the Stab film series who met online, disappointed in the trajectory taken with the most recent Stab 8 they decide to embark on a new killing spree, bringing back the original cast to provide new and improved source material for a future requel, Stab film, and intend to frame Sam as the killer. Gail breaks free and shoots Amber, who lands on the stove and is set on fire. That was a great, that was a great Wonderful. <laughs> Sam is injured but sees another hallucination of Billy, which brings her attention to Amber's abandoned knife. Embracing her paternal heritage, she uses the knife to stab Richie repeatedly before shooting and killing him. A horribly burnt Amber attempts to attack the group again, but is shot to death by Tara. Tara and the Meeks twins are loaded into ambulances to be taken to the hospital, and Sam thanks Sidney and Gail for their help. Gail refuses to write about the new murders and give the killers notoriety, opting to write a tribute to Dewey instead. Sam joins Tara in the ambulance, and the night's events are covered in a news report. Um, it was a really good movie. Some of the notables, of course, Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, and David Arquette are all mm-hmm. back. Um, Jack Quaid played Richie. Melissa Wonderful. Barrera. Yeah, Melissa Barrera as uh, as Sam. Um, 
Mikey Madison was Amber Freeman. Jenna Ortega is Tara. Um, also, we did get Skeet Ulrich back as Billy Loomis. Did not expect that, by the way. No. Um, those are the bigger names. I mean, there's obviously other major major characters here. Uh, Dylan Minet as Wes mm-hmm. Hicks. Wes Hicks, by the way, that character named in honor of Wes Craven. Mm-hmm. Um, Sonia Amar as Liv. Mason Gooding as Chad. Jasmine Savoy Brown as Mindy. This was a really good... I gave it four stars on mm-hmm. Um I felt like it was strong. I always get worried about these types of films when they... Years later, they want to kind of bring some of the original cast back. Right. Think, like, oh, God, what's this going to be? But uh, they did it well. And um, you could tell the filmmakers were fans of the original series. And, the and knew what made it good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there were, by the way, some, I think they were uncredited cameos uh, in the film. So at the beginning... After the initial attack scene on Tara, we go to the school and zoom in on the new group of friends, and we hear an announcement from from the principal. The principal uh, was played by Drew Barrymore. Oh, I did not know that. So they brought her back. Uh, there were a couple of lines that were uh, placed in the film after the fact. Uh, at, one of them was at a party scene. One was one of the um, telephone messages, I think, if I remember right. And that was Matthew Lillard. No way. Yeah. So they brought people back to do these little bitty things. Right. Which is very, very cool. Um, Dewey does, of course, as as I read, Dewey does die. Mm-hmm. He's He's stabbed in the gut. And then um, Ghostface starts pulling the knife upward, just slicing him mm-hmm. open. And then puts another knife in his back and just starts lifting up mm-hmm. to to just cut him right down the middle and then pulls the knives. There's no surviving it. No, none. Um, the the fire where they uh, where Amber falls onto the, the lit stove and catches fire that was cool there were some nice kills here uh and i i think one of the most effective was wes's kill because it's not super it's not super violent he's just stabbed in the neck yeah i just straight straight through too and it was like oh okay yeah it kind of goes off to the side and comes out the back of that side Mm mm-hmm and it's it's almost like it's gonna fillet him open, but it's just it uh, it it had a great look to it, and uh, and so that was that was a really good one. The performances are are really good. Um, they deal really well, especially with Wes leading up to his kill, um, with the tension. Mm-hmm. He every time he opens a door or turns a corner, you're thinking this is it. They knew so, what they were doing. Yeah, they've really let that build up until finally they give it to you. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing which 
I did see something online. There were some people questioning, you know, like, because it's, it's Amber in the hospital. Yeah. Uh, that kills Dewey. And they were questioning would she have had the strength. That's what that that's what I was thinking. But I'm like, adrenaline. He's old crazy. dude now. Yeah, crazy. And... I mean, crazy can have great strength. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like your adrenaline, too. I mean, you're in a life or death situation at that point. You've already been shot, you know, four or five times in the chest, and I'll be pumping and ready to go. So, I mean, it's fight or flight at that point. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think there was a weak performance in the, in the bunch. Mm-mm. I mean, everybody played their role well. Um, the effects were good. A lot of practical. Which, which is always good in these sorts of films. You don't want a lot of CGI if you can help it. Um, yeah, I would recommend this one. I uh, I gave this one four and a half stars. I loved it. Like I really, really loved it. And because um, you know we did the original Scream last year, and then coming back to this one this year was really cool. Um, the bits that I really liked were how aware of itself it was, and talking about. Uh, requels doing this like I talked about Halloween like you can't do certain things without um oh, I just blanked on her name um Sydney no not Sydney the, from Halloween oh I can't think of her name right now oh Jamie Lee Curtis Jamie Lee Curtis like they even mentioned that it's like doing Halloween without Jamie Lee Curtis and so like it was very good and very new like they knew what they were doing and like they weren't just killing just to kill every kill was for a reason, very planned out, purposely. And going back to the house was very cool. I thought that was a very way, uh, nuanced way to do it. Some of the kills in the house were the exact same way that they got killed or stabbed in the first movie. And having everyone come back was really well done. And the whole explanation of requels with stabbed and stuff like that was so very cool and very spot on and very on the nose. And I just I absolutely loved this movie. The only thing that I would say they were 50-50 on in some ways was the use of technology. Mm. I don't know of a house, and I could be wrong, but I don't know of a house today that still has a landline. Yeah, that was very... It was kind of like, eh. And they had several houses with landlines, too. Yeah. And so, like, it was very... uh, That was different, but because I think I saw the trailer. It was in the trailer where the the door, the smart locks were locking and unlocking with Uh the phones. I loved that scene. Like, yeah, it was just they, very funny. It was very tension-grabbing. And, uh-huh. oh, and the man. thing is, she was locking it back really quickly, but then you have Ghostface saying, you know, how do you know I didn't already get in? Right. Before you the door. So good, man. And, like, the, the way they made everybody suspicious the whole yeah. movie. Like, you had really had no idea. You always know there's going to be two since the first one. Even they talked about there's always two. And I thought they were going to throw us through a, a twist and like do three this time. But I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad they only did two. Yeah. And so like you would, I knew Jack was one of the killers, Jack Quaid. So I was watching him. And I was like, oh, but he wasn't here. So I was trying to figure out who the other killer was. And I wish I didn't know that uh, Richie was the one of the killers, but it's part of life. But Well, it's, it's kind of like I said to you before we started recording. As soon as I went into it, fairly blind mm. i didn't know 
I knew who was back. I knew David Arquette. Right. And I knew they had appeared in the film, but I didn't remember anybody else. Mm-hmm. So as soon as he pops up on screen, I'm like, he's one of the killers. <laughs> That's too big of a name to. Uh, yeah. And he filmed, he filmed this directly after season three of The Boys. Yeah. So I mean, it was right during the pandemic is when they started filming this, and man, and the one of the, my favorite scenes I think was where the one chick Sam gets stabbed a lot and dies, and then they shoot her a couple more times, and they're like, because you know they always come back from the dead unexpectedly, and so she shoots her and kills her, and then here comes uh, oh it was um she shot and killed Richie several times and here comes Sam half burnt face off and trying to stab everybody. And then Tara kills uh, him, uh, her. And I was like, that's just so very, so very good. And like, it wasn't even, um, cause I was thinking like jealousy because I did that one killer, but it turns out he was like nephew of somebody or a great grandson or anyways. And then, um, but it was just, they did, they went to redo the films because they didn't want him to yeah. bend. And I was like, it's so good. Like, it's a dumb good reason that it would actually happen today. Yeah. And yeah, that's what's disturbing. Like but, yeah. man, I loved it. What a, what a good film. Because traditionally, in films like this, you would think Sam would be would be the one, mm-hmm. right? Because Billy Loomis was her The father. child of the of Billy. Oh, yeah. Loved, I yeah. loved that little part of it. And every time she saw him... I, I love seeing Skeet. So, I mean, it was just great just to see that. And mm-hmm. it was and right there at the end or he points to the knife or looks at the knife in her vision. like Because she's obviously been suffering through seeing him for years because she's on the medicine. Right. And it was just so good. Oh, yeah. loved it. Really good. It seems like there was another uh, another individual that came back in a, in a voice-type situation, but I can't recall who it was. Mm. But uh, yeah, just really fun watch. Uh, definitely recommend this one. Yes, I mean it's it's a good one. Next week, the one Tyler's been waiting for. Creep show. Mm-hmm. Uh, our last so one for the year. Our last one for the year. We're technically going a week beyond. But uh, yeah. I'm not going to complain. No, I'm not, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so watch that. Tune in. Hear our thoughts. I've seen this before. You have not. So I'm very curious. So I've got so I've got all these Easter eggs. If you, do you want me to read through all these yeah, from Scream? Can. Because I, I Googled it, and there's a lot more than, I mean, I think, even think you know at this point. So obviously the Drew Barrymore opening scream scene, they paid homage to that. Um, let's see. Uh, let's keep going. Wes and Amber paid homage to Scream's grapes. Following Tara's attacks, her friend's, uh, friend group came together on the school's campus. The scene mirrored 1996's Scream when Sidney, Billy, Tatum, uh, Stu, and Randy got together at the school to discuss the murders the night prior. Randomly, Tatum and Stu were eating a bag of green grapes during the sequence. As a tribute to this detail, Wes and Amber were seen sharing a bag of the same fruit during the same scene. Um, Tatum's ashes in Dewey's mobile home. Dewey's Riley's arc had been on question when it came to his grief for lack thereof for the death of his sister in the original movie. Despite being a core piece of the original cast, Rose McGowan's character was hardly mentioned in the movies that followed. 
However, Scream paid, finally paid tribute to Tatum by showing a box of her ashes. We saw, I mean, that was kind of easy to see. Um, talks about Scream 4. Let's see. Uh, Wes's psycho moment, which they did mention, which was very well done, I thought, as well there. That's from uh, 4. Let's see, Gail's uh, red outfit. Gail Weathers has been known to wear bright colored outfits while on the job as her TV journalist, especially in the original. Aside from a highlighter yellow power suit, Gail wore various bright red outfits. As a callback to Gail's 90s style, Courtney Cox wore an eye-popping red suit when she made her grand return to Woodsboro, reuniting with her ex-husband, Dewey. Um... I mean, they talked about a lot of it come from Scream Four. Obviously, it was the movie before. Um, Amber Quentin Tarantino's death before starring as Amber Freeman, who happened to be one of the Ghostface killers. Mikey Madison appeared in Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as Susan Sadie Atkins, a member of the infamous Manson family. And Tarantino's movie Sadie was killed from being burned alive. Coincidentally, Amber also gets severe burns in 2022's Scream. Uh, we talked about the Wes Craven one already, and that's uh, that's not as many as I thought it was. I thought that's not what I thought it was. I'm gonna have to go back through and read them all because those are really interesting. So, good stuff. Word. All right. Um, are you all set for this first bit of movie? News? I am. I am. So, we have the Ant Man and Wasp. Quantum Mania trailer. This film releases February 17th, 2023. Kevin Feige wanted to give me a birthday present. My birthday's <laughs> on the 16th. He's like, what do you want? I said, man, it'd be great if I could get that film like at or near my birthday. Right. He's like, I'll make it happen. It's a done deal. <laughs> yeah. Change the calendar around and everything, and here we are. And let's, let's watch the first trailer, Chris. I'm excited. Okay. You've seen both of these trailers coming up, right? Uh-huh. Okay. I used to ask myself a lot of questions. Scott, you're a nice guy. <laughs> I love Paul Rudd. How are you, an Avenger? That I don't see the screen. Sense. I don't oh. see your screen. But everywhere I go. Well, let me... Let's see. Let me stop streaming. Let's try again. Is it popped up now? It's showing up as watch stream. Let me see if I, I click it. Okay, there. I had to click it. Oh, there we go. well, you know. You're asking a lot of... <laughs> I used to ask myself a lot of questions. I just love Paul Rudd. I'll repeat my comment there. How are you, an Avenger? Uh-huh. That doesn't make sense. But everywhere I go, people tell me the same thing. Thank you, Spider-Man. People still need help, Dad. That's why we made this. It's like a satellite for deep space, but Quanta. Wait, wait a minute. You're sending a signal down to the quantum realm. Turn it off. Now! I wonder if that's the same scene. Or if there's something that happened and then comes back. Dude, it looks great. Like, absolutely beautiful. It's a secret universe beneath ours. 
What are you so afraid of? There's something I never told you. This place. Everyone says this is like the rings from Shang-Chi. It isn't what uh -huh. you think. Can't wait. I love Jonathan Majors. Uh-huh. It's gonna be a good movie. Like, I'm more excited. I don't know if we talked about this last night. I'm more excited now than I was originally going into it. And considering this is setting off phase five, I'm like, yeah, we're gonna get some fun stuff with Kang and the quantum realm and everything, because they this is a whole new world that's it's been touched on, and we've kind of seen in previous movies, but like we're exploring a whole new place now. So right, yeah, <sighs> it's uh, it looks really good. Yeah, I think uh, the the rings, the ten rings, and the uh, the gauntlet right of Miss Marvel, I mm -hmm. think, are be, certainly are connected. So we'll see. Uh, Kang's just hopefully. Kang's crazy, and I can't wait to see what he does. <sighs> What's our next one, Chris? Oh yeah, we're doing a show. Um, <laughs> the first trailer for Guardians of the Galaxy's Holiday Special is here. That comes out November the twenty fifth on Disney Plus. Let's watch it. And you know, with watching Werewolf by Night. I'm really high on these special presentation that Marvel Studios are doing first season, you know? Uh -huh. And Guardians of the Galaxy is not going to be, you know, it's going to be, it's not indifferent. I'm, I'm excited, so. I just saw on the calendar that right now on Earth, it's almost Christmas time. We don't have time for trivialities like Christmas. But Peter's so sad about Gamora being gone. Maybe if we go to Earth for a really wonderful Christmas gift, it would make him happy. Something special he will never forget. What about Adult Root again? We're looking for the legendary Kevin Bacon. We're looking for the legendary Kevin Bacon. <laughs> I just said that, Drax. Your voice is small and mousy. I think maybe he didn't hear you. You're coming with us as a Christmas present. Mm-hmm. I mean that's that's Thanksgiving that. Day, so I mean Yeah. Oh. That's gonna get a lot of views coming out right then. Yes it is. Man, I'm I'm super excited about it. Yeah. And it just, it's got like that perfect 
Christmas vibe to it too. I feel like as well. So, oh. that's going to be the next to last time that we see Batista mm-hmm. as uh, as Drax. So, all right. Um, th- there's no way to just casually go into this. <laughs> it's, uh... Here we go. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter reporting. This is from Boris Kitt and Aaron Couch. Story so big it took two people to put it together. Mm-hmm. DC Shocker. James Gunn, Peter Safran to lead film, TV, and animation division. This was an exclusive to The Hollywood Reporter. The, the duo will report to David Zaslav and assume the title of co-chairs and co-CEOs of DC Studios. They found him, Chris. Uh, Finally found them. They found them. Now, we thought they found them before, and then right. <laughs> a week later, it was over. But <laughs> In a stunning turn of events, filmmaker James Gunn and producer Peter Safran have been tapped to lead DC's film, TV, and animation efforts as co-chairs and co-CEOs of DC Studios, a newly formed division at Warner Brothers that will replace DC Films. The unprecedented move in which a top director will assume a top executive post marks the end of a months-long search by Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav to replace DC Films boss Walter Hamada, who departed the studio last week. That search had all of Hollywood guessing and playing executive bingo for who would land one of the most coveted and challenging jobs in town. Um, oh, I didn't talk about... Yeah. They talk about them meeting on the Warner Brothers lot over the past week or in recent weeks. Um, it says the initial overture came from um, Michael DeLuca over the summer, even as the studio was in shaky talks with producer Dan Lin to take the job. kind of wonder if Dan Lin heard about that and was like, well, yeah. you're still talking to other people. I'm out. Um it does note Gunn will focus on the creative side of things, while Saffron will focus on the business and production side. Both are expected to continue to direct and produce projects, respectively. They will report directly to Zaslav and work closely with Warner Film bosses DeLuca and Pamela Abdi. Sources say the deal runs four years. Gunn will be exclusive to DC. The goal is for them not just to be producers, but truly function as executives, even as Gunn will occasionally... Oh, I didn't even know that last bit. Hmm. Um, this is uh, this next note too is says unlike Marvel Studios, DC has multiple films set in separate creative universes, and according to sources, Joker filmmaker Todd Phillips' work on the upcoming sequel, which goes into production later this year, will not fall under Gunn and Saffron's purview, and instead will be overseen by DeLuca and Abdi. Hmm. Matt Reeves, who worked under Hamada, has a budding universe based on his The Batman movie. It's unclear under whose purview Reeves' future projects would fall, but everything else moving forward would be under Gunn and Saffron. Interesting. I mean, that means everything. Like, yeah. they, they made specific note to mention Joker and the Batman stuff, yeah. but nothing else. So, no. Interesting. I'm very curious then. Because it's like we were talking about earlier with the, the Green Lantern project. Mm-hmm. That would in, 
that would mean that's going to fall under them. Right. Which so, I think with Zephyrin doing the business side of things and James Dunn doing creative, I think this is like a banging duo right here. Mm-hmm. And I, I think we're finally going to see DC do great things. I mean, we've got James Gunn doing um, Peacemaker, Suicide Squad, and both of those being big hits. So right. I'm like, I mean, Peacemaker, arguably, it could be arguably the biggest of the hits between those two. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I don't know. This is this is great. And yeah. I'm very excited for the future of it all. Well, following on the heels of that announcement, Deadline ran an article by Matt Grover, Rosie Cordero, and Bruce Herring. Good Lord. <laughs> yeah, three people to work on. Right. <laughs> Got to keep people working. Right. Kevin Feige on James Gunn joining DC. Quote, I'll be first in line to see anything he does. End quote. Uh, says Marvel President CCO Kevin Feige isn't bothered that one of his most valuable employees is going to work for the competition. Caught on the Black Panther Wakanda Forever red carpet by deadline, Feige gave his thoughts on James Gunn's new job as co-chairman and co-CEO of DC Studios. He said, well, he's got a lot of work to do for Marvel between now and May, which he's well aware of. But after that, I'll be first in line to see anything he does. Gunn Mm. has Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 coming up, as well as the Guardians Holiday Special. He and DC Films producer Peter Safran were named co-chairman and CEOs of DC Studios this week, overseeing the overall creative direction of the DC Universe across film, TV, and animation under a single banner. They start the new job November 1st. I didn't even know that either, so they start Tuesday. Um, But according, according to Feige, Gunn is involved with stuff through May. Which is the Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Yeah, so I'm assuming it's just going to be promotional stuff. To Probably. It'd be just wrapped um, up with that. Yeah. Oh, man. it's I didn't realize. So Tuesday, November th- 1st, is when they start taking over. I uh, wonder when we start getting news about, I, I could say probably as early as Friday. They get in, see what's really going on. And I'm telling you, Chris, I can really see them going. I don't know. Batgirl's done. Let's get that out. Why? Why were we? Why would we shelf that? Let's get this out. Let's get the. Let's get some sort of money going. Right. So, and that builds goodwill with them too, because like, oh, they canceled Batgirl. Oh, well, now they're taking over. They're giving us what we want. So. Right. And they can make clear it's not going to be part of things going forward. Right. But here it is. I just. I get that there are things people like about DC. There's you know there's things I like about it. When we saw the universe falling apart, we both commented about how are you going to find a better Wonder Woman than you've mm-hmm. already got? How are you going to find a better Aquaman? How are you going to find a better Superman, Chris? Unpin it. But, Unpin the Witcher's comments. <laughs> but uh, it's it's just... If I'm them coming in, especially Gunn, you know he's got his vision. Yep. For what he wants. I'm blowing it up. I'm like, we're not we're not gonna continue this and have the waters muddied with what was this continuate we're gonna make very clear this is a new direction. Mm-hmm. And that means you gotta maybe you allow yourself to do what Marvel's doing with some of the Netflix series from the past and, and keep the same characters. Right. 
uh, in certain situations. But you've got to basically, I would think you've got to disavow everything that came before and say they were nice stories that kept people entertained, but this is where we're going. And if these folks want to be along for the ride, we're starting over. Yeah, this is the future. Yeah. And this is what makes me think with Henry Cavill being out as the Witcher. Um, so spoilers, if no one's seen Black Adam or seen the the spoilers or things like that, the post-credit scene has got Henry Cavill as Superman again at the end. And this has got everyone thinking with him not being the Witcher anymore that it's because he's taking on a bigger role and going back as Superman for the DC and coming yeah. back to it. Well, it's it's either that or they're making, you know, 15 more Enola Holmes movies. Which, so, again, it's, I, it's, okay with that. it's a win-win, really. <laughs> I don't think that's the case. Right. You, know, you never know, though, Chris. I mean, who maybe, knows? Maybe a couple more. But I just, I, I wish he could do both. And I really do think it's because DC is starting to take it over. Because it's, this news is all too convenient. Yeah. If that makes sense. Because, I mean, you have him in Black Adam last week. Uh, have the Kevin Feige, well, not the Kevin Feige, the uh, James Gunn stuff this week. And then the Witcher comes out and says all that. And it's just kind of too coincidental. It so. makes me wonder if his, because correct me if I'm wrong, he was... He was walking away from Superman. Correct. He like, he's, he's always said he wanted to keep doing it, but it just had to be right. And I wonder right. if it's uh, it's right it now. The, I wonder if it was the working relationships with people in charge that yeah. made it difficult. So, we'll, so we will see if that's true or not. But I, I expect some real big DC news in the next couple of weeks, if not the next month. It was once James and uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Saffron get in I think they're going to look at everything and say let's keep this 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 and this scrap this this and this and this is what we're doing going forward and we're going to hear about all the news so yeah. um, again as early as this Friday so yeah I agree releases this week just one of note November 4th in cinemas Amsterdam that's on the list eventually to watch whenever it comes to streaming yeah yeah and now so on to games. Chris, where you'll you... hear more about The Witcher. That it's been a Witcher heavy week. Every segment yeah. we've knocked. <laughs> um, yeah. You've played anything crazy this week? Uh, you got me into Marvel Snap. Yeah, uh, again, so it's highly always, addicting. <laughs> it's always good because you can play it on the phone, just doing whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, you can drop in for a quick game. Takes all of maybe three or four minutes, and then boom, you're out. You're done. Um, I'm still playing my normal stuff. I do. I did, however, kind of come to a decision um, this week that this oh, no. is going to be the last year that I play Ultimate Team. Really? They've lost me. Mm. Yeah. That, I, that's unfortunate. There's, there's too much, and I, I get why, because they took half the Mutt team and half the franchise team, and they've moved them to college football right. to get that ready. But there are so many things that are, you always have bugs with games. But there are so many bugs and so many things breaking them because they don't have the staff still in place. They can't fix them in a timely manner. So it's kind of giving up. But then on top of that, the community has started to notice that when there's something that breaks that favors the community, they get it fixed within a day. 
Hmm. You know, but if it hurts the community and helps them, it just goes weeks and weeks and weeks. So hmm. I'll still buy Madden, but I'll do a franchise. I'm not going to buy the top edition anymore because right. I'm not going to be playing Mutt. So, um, hmm. That's unfortunate. I'm going to be a Diamond Dynasty guy and a Madden franchise. And of course, the college game will come out, so I'll, I'll oh, play there. That Dynasty college game's gonna be nuts. Um, the Vanderbilt Vanderbilt's finally gonna be a top tier team. Tyler's so. gonna make Manning a national champion. <laughs> they're gonna do what Tennessee's uh, UT's doing now, and yeah. just dominate and take over. Um, I've still been playing the Halloween Festival of the Lost for Destiny. I'm like I'm 15 matches away from being done with it. Finally, I'm doing it grinding to get a little seal that's in game and stuff like that. And then I started playing uh, Marvel Warfare 2 that I launched this week for Call of Duty. Uh, the campaign, Chris, excellent. Like it's like playing a, a a movie, like a Jack Ryan movie, and it's phenomenal. And it's just really well done. About I'm not even halfway. I don't think it's a very short campaign, but I'm not even halfway. But multiplayer is really good. I it's one of those I constantly want to jump back into it, but I want to do this Festival of Lost stuff for Destiny, so I can only pay attention to Call of Duty. And I hate doing that. Like I spent most of the day today doing my destiny stuff so I could continue to grind out. I just got 15 more matches after those 15, I'll be done and I could spend all my time with call of duty, but I just have to get there. So, but the news, Chris CD project red is making a Witcher remake from the ground up with unreal engine five. We're going to the verge.com by Ash Parrish. The Witcher series is returning to its roots. CD Projekt Red announced that one of the many new Witcher projects it's working on, which includes a brand new trilogy, is actually a remake of the first game. Game, Dubbed with codename Canis Majoris, uh, which is in line with CD Projekt Red's astronomy-based naming convention, it also means Big Dog, which is a hilarious and accurate way to describe Geralt of Rivia, the Witcher remake is being rebuilt from the ground up utilizing Unreal Engine 5. Quote, The Witcher is where it all started for us for CG Project Red, says studio head Adam Podowski in the announcement. It was the first game we made ever, and it was a big moment for us then. Going back to this place and remaking the game for the next generation of gamers to experience, it feels as if big, if not bigger. The Witcher, the Witcher remake is being developed by third-party studio Fool's Theory with the assistance of veteran Witcher developers and the supervision of CD Project Red. So, exciting oh. news. I've never played any of them but the third one, so... I um I saw Alana Pierce talking about this, mm. and uh, she noted that for her she never really cared for the first game. It mm. didn't connect with it. It didn't connect with her. I think that's how she put it. Um, but she loved the second one. I'm a little bit gun shy uh, because the last thing I put a lot of hope into from CD Projekt Red. <laughs> well, here's and where. Here's where it gets you, is that this they're only overseeing it. So it's being yeah. developed by third-party studio, Fool's Theory, with assistance from Witcher developers and the supervision of CG Project Red. Yeah. So that, that makes me a little bit more hopeful for it. But for all I know, their supervision was the problem with That's Cyberpunk. That's a good point as well. So it's, we will see. What I think that's, that game is maybe three or four years out at this point. So yeah. if they're just now announcing well, it, she, she was breaking it down and she said that, uh, the good thing about, she said, what takes up the like three quarters of a game developer's time is trying to figure out 
where you're going and how to get there. And she mm-hmm. said, in this case, because it's a remake, all that's already done. You just got to so, visually upgrade it and do engine and yeah. everything. So that's a good point, too. Yeah, so maybe sooner. Oh, maybe a I hope years. so. They're kind of missing their window, I think, especially if the show ends after season four. Right. It's like he'll be launching the games as the show goes off the air. And Which would be a, a weird way to do that, if you ask me. Yeah. Yeah, so. very much. Uh, next, last thing we've got here. PlayStation Plus's monthly games for November are Neo 2 for PlayStation 5, and then the rest is for everything, which is Lego Harry Potter Collection and Heavenly Bodies, which I believe you get those towards the end of this week, ladies and gentlemen. And that's it. Uh, no new releases this week, but we're about to get into the heavy part of the year of November with our monthly releases, and God of War is amongst them, and I can't freaking wait for that game. And... Uh, reviews dropped this week and I'm excited to see what they all say from what I've understood though everyone is really high on it so we'll see what the official word is but ladies and gentlemen do it is that the ninth that that drops it is the I'm remembering that right yes the ninth okay oh god that's it's gonna be hard to work I might work from home that day anyways uh, ladies and gentlemen thank you all so much for listening and watching this episode of the Nerdwide podcast don't forget to share on all your favorite social media platforms and forget to rate and review us whatever podcasting app that you use if you want to follow us on Twitter you can follow Nerdwide at nerd underscore wide if you want to follow me personally you can follow at at Ty underscore Haynes. And if you follow Chris, it's at MavTN7. Facebook.com, if you go to the search bar and search in Nerdwide, Nerdwide Podcast, Nerdwide.com, we're always the first one that pops up there, so give us a follow there. Those two ways on Twitter, on Facebook, is how you know instantly when the episode goes live if you're not subscribed to like a YouTube or podcasting service that way. But guys, that has been this week's episode of the Nerdwide Podcast. We cannot wait to end our Halloween watch-along movie horror film watch-along with Creepshow this week. We all hope you have a great and safe, happy Halloween. And thank you so much for watching this episode. And next week's going to be fun. We've got Titans and Creepshow. But we'll see you then. Thank you so much for watching.